Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. It's a big year for the LPGA Tour, new events, more prize money, and of course the Solheim Cup heading to Iowa later this year. In this Golf Channel podcast special, our Lisa Cornwell sat down with Commissioner Mike Wan to talk about the state of the women's game and what's ahead for the LPGA Tour in 2017. With LPGA Commissioner Mike Wan, I felt like I just saw you at CMA. <laughs> Have you gotten any rest over the we break? We a solid two, uh, two months. No hotels, no airports. Other than to pick my kids up at the airport, I didn't step inside. MCO, so I feel pretty good. All right, before we look ahead, let's look back because some great stories. When you think about everything that happened in 2016, what was your story of the year? Well, it was it was global youth. I mean, we had five different majors winners came from five different countries. We finished the year with the top five players in the Rolex World Rankings from five different countries. We uh, went to the Olympics for the first time, and the six podium spots were six different countries. So, I mean, uh, if there was ever a time to talk about how borderless this game is, 2016 showed that players are coming from all over the world. And if you'd have told me a couple of years ago that the average winning age on the LPGA was 22, I think both of us would have said not possible, but that's exactly what's happening. Great players from all over the world winning at ages that we just didn't think was doable just 10 years ago. It's crazy to think about, and let's stick with that theme because it's so vital, I think, and, and we're seeing it on the LPGA and PGA Tour alike. Lydia Ko, Brooke Henderson area, we could go on and on about all the young players succeeding, but when you have so many young players succeeding on that level, what does it do for the tour? What kind of boost does it give you? Well, it, it, A, we get viewership we've never seen before in terms of demographics and things. I mean, I've said this many times, but um, our ratings just continue to climb almost no matter who's winning and from where they're winning from. It's an exciting time. We had 45 different countries tee it up in the LPGAQ school last year. 45 different countries were represented. We have players that are rookies this year coming from Iceland and Belgium and Ecuador. I had to I had to Google Ecuador just to make sure I knew where that was was located, and uh, so it's really an exciting time. India, you know, I mean, we're really uh, we're really showcasing the sport all around the world. Rio helped us, but what Rio did is is spurred on all these young players from all over the world wanting to make it to the LPGA, and and now it's not surprising that 175 countries watch us every week. Mike, you talk about TV ratings, which kind of brings me to my next question because. I've had a lot of people mention this, and we've seen the Web.com Tour go to a couple of Sunday to Wednesday events just to not compete with the PGA Tour. Have you ever thought about that or entertained that idea? Yeah, we have a couple of events that have a Saturday finish. I'll be honest with you, because we're the sort of the number two tour on NBC Golf Channel, we tend to get the, the better weekend slots, right? When the PGA Tour goes to network, we tend to play on the Golf Channel. So it's a pretty good position we're in. I mean, in, in 2016, there was almost 22 million unique viewers watching us on NBC Golf Channel platform. That's up 40% 
versus the year before. If you take the Olympics out, which was a huge run for us, we're still up 30%. So, I mean, our ratings are so strong, it's almost difficult for us to experiment uh, with new TV times because it's really as good as we ever thought it could be already. You touched on it a little bit, but the Olympics and to have those three players on the podium like you did, how... How much did that mean to the tour? What kind, of, what kind of effect do you think that it had on the tour? Well, uh, first off, it had an internal effect, meaning it's the first time as commissioner I've ever seen my players as fans. I mean, we were giddy fans. Yeah. We were getting together in morning breakfasts, and she saw ping pong. She went to swimming. I went to you know, track and field. And we just couldn't get over how cool it was to be surrounded by these different athletes. So it was fun to see my athletes as the fans on the other side of the ropes for a couple of days. Um, in terms of what it showcased, quite frankly, the Olympics is the largest casual fan viewing of this sport's ever seen. And, you know, you've, you've uh, talked about it in Golf Central before, how many people watched Inby Park win the gold medal who didn't watch her go for her fourth yeah. major in a row. So she had a 25 rating in Korea and the Olympics and a 5.8 rating and a major win. So it's, uh, it's game-changing for the sport. And I think uh, we'll see the impact of that for years to come. You mentioned Inby Park. If anybody would have bet me about her taking home gold, I, I never would have thought it just because she wasn't healthy. Uh, but for her to do what she did was absolutely incredible. We've seen on the LPGA Tour players like Annika, players like Lorena retire early. I know that MB wants to start a family at some point someday. Have you had the discussion with her about her future in competitive golf? Well, I know that she's planning to play again next year. I don't know how many years that goes on. I've, I've learned the lesson as commissioner. A lot of times at the end of a season, players will say, you know, commissioner, I think I'm done. And then I see him <laughs> teeing it up the first event uh, the next year. I'm excited for the game that NBA will be a part of it. But, but you said it. I think in my second month in the job, Lorena said, can I talk to you for a second? We walked into a small room in La Costa, and she said, next week's going to be my last week. And I said, but you're the number one player in the world rankings. And she goes, yeah, but, and what I've realized in this job is great young players fill the role. I mean, now we're talking about Lydia and Inji and Aria and, you know, Brooke. Um, the next superstars step up. And I think, uh, I hope Envy stays around for a long time because it's great to see those kind of battles. But we're already seeing, I mean, last year in our race to the, to the Globe, our race to the CME Globe, the top three players were all under 21. Wow. So when you talk about the future of the game, especially on the LPGA, it just the long-term platform is, is just better than ever. When I talk to people about your success, and, and you've had quite a bit of it since you've joined as commissioner, they all say that Mike's best attribute is his ability to just develop these relationships. I know that you have a relationship with new PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. What's that relationship like? Well, I've said this many times. I mean, we're not smart enough, big enough, or financially you know, bound enough to do everything we want to do. So I always, always tell our players, you better find a partner who wants to lift you up and put you on their shoulders. We are changing the future of this game in terms of how many young girls we're entering the game because of our partnership with the USGA. We have created a major that's going to be around for 100 years because of our partnership with the PGA of America. And I really believe, started with Tim, and now Jay and I get to inherit that relationship um, we're going to create some opportunities for fans, for the media, and probably just as importantly for our players that the game hasn't seen before. We are fully committed to playing golf together, starting as early as 2018. Every time I've said that on, on interviews, I get these texts and tweets that say, it'll be really cool, you'll play the week after or the week before? They're thinking <laughs> Pinehurst. And I'm like, it's not the week after, the week before. Same golf course, same week, same time. That's really what, something we really want to show the fans together. I think the, the great news about Jay is he's coming in fresh. 
I look at him sometimes and I think, I wonder if I sounded like that in 2010. He keeps saying, I got another idea for you. And just when I think we're done with the, the discussion, he'll throw out another one. And it's exciting. It's, it's exhilarating to think that Jay is driving to work thinking about new ideas. And quite frankly, every time that phone rings, I'm answering it because they're big enough and strong enough to take us to another level. Yeah, if I could bottle 10% of the energy and excitement that you and Jay have, <laughs> I'd be in pretty good shape. You mentioned the commissioner. He actually said some really cool things about sort of this cross-promo stuff with Rich Lerner um, a couple weeks ago. So let's listen to that. Okay, so hearing what Jay said there, what, what would you like to be some of the immediate goals with sort of this cross-partnership? Uh, well, I can tell you that both Jay and I would tell you, when you talk to players on our tours, they're as excited about this idea as fans in the media. So for us, you know, when, you know, when Jay and I started talking about the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii, would you like to start your season in Maui at Kapalua? That, you know, that took me about 13 seconds to get an answer <laughs> back to Jay. But I think that would be a great way to kind of kick off the beginning of the year for golf fans all over. I mean, I've been, I've been watching Kapalua in my living room since, since, I was, you know, since I was 32 years old. It'll be exciting to, to, to do it together and to, and to have that kind of reward on our tours. If you can win on these tours and you, you tee it up together in Hawaii, um, that's something that we're both fully committed on. And as, and as Jay said in that interview, we've been part on a lot more things for a lot more years. I mean, if people knew how long that the LPGA, USGA, Girls Golf, and First Tee have been working together, they'd probably be surprised. But I've said this many times, if you want to change the future of what golf looks like, you start with kids. And today, we're about 65-35 um, boys and girls playing the game under the age of 18. 10 years ago, that was 80-20, just yeah. like adults. So when I think about the next 20 years in golf, I think together, Jay and I and our two organizations can not only make golf more exciting, can not only bring more formats, but we can really change the split between men and women. We can bring more diversity. And if we start with them young, and that's what we're doing right now, they're going to grow up and be part of this game. I think that's exciting for the game. It's exciting for our sponsors. And I know it's a big deal for our fans. Uh, it's no secret that President-elect Trump has been a little controversial, but now he's, he's going to take office uh, this coming week. Sure. What are your thoughts on, on playing at a golf course owned by the president-elect? Well, it's not our first pass at this. You know, a couple of years ago, we played at, uh, at Trump Turnberry. A very similar case. In the case of the RICO Women's British Open, it's an event owned and operated by the Ladies Golf Union in Scotland. They've been a partner for ours for, you know, 50 years. And when they said this is where we want to play the event, we try not to let politics get in the way of opportunities, especially in the women's, uh, women's game. In this case, where, you know, the U.S. Women's Open is owned and operated by the United States Golf Association, 100-year partner of ours that has more than proved themselves as a partner to women's golf. Um, they've had this plan for quite a few years. And, you know, obviously the Trump thing can get people falling on both sides of the line. You can't really win in that argument. But from the very beginning, I said both publicly and to the USGA, we will play the U.S. Women's Open where you tell us it's the right place to play the U.S. Women's Open. I've trusted the USGA since the day I got here. I'll continue to trust them. They're not just a partner in tournaments. They're a partner with girls golf. And I have zero doubt 
that we will have a world-class U.S. Women's Open at Trump Bedminster. I mean, it's a great venue. What we want is a big stage. We want, you know, we want a big opportunity. We want grand TV, and the USGA delivers all of those things. I mean, as many players would say to me in a driving range, I don't care who you voted for, Commission, but let's not let politics get in the way of our opportunities, and we're not going to do that. No politics in the Solheim Cup. I know you're excited to have it back <laughs> on U.S. soil. Uh, a couple of years ago, though, there was some controversy between Suzanne Pedersen and, sure. and Allison Lee, but I will say this, and, and I think that we discussed that a lot at the time here on Golf Central, that it, it brought a lot of eyeballs to women's golf that may not have paid attention to it before. What kind of effect uh, did you see after all of that happened? Well, I've said this. I was, I was in Germany when that happened, and I said, you know, it's almost impossible to bring, you know, 100,000 people together, 180 countries around the world, have that amount of hype and not think you're going to get some tension and some anxiety and some mistakes and some second guessing. That's, that's part of the game. I think other sports deal with that all the time. Was it pass interference? Was it not pass interference? Did they, was that the right call? Wasn't that the right call? I think it was, um, it was exciting for the sport. It was amazing to me to check social media that night back in my room in Germany and see people from all over the world have nothing to do with golf in general. Uh, participating. So the bottom line is Solheim Cup engages. It engages people into the sport in a way like no other. And I, what I can tell you without any hesitation is Solheim and Des Moines will be the biggest Solheim Cup in history, not only in terms of the people there, but the people following it. We're, we're breaking records and we got six months to go. So uh, if you thought Germany or Rich Harvest Farms or Colorado was a big deal, buckle up because uh, Des Moines is going to be a whole new game. Yeah, I think we're all excited about it. Ready to answer a Twitter question? Sure. I hope they put up the question so they don't get me reading this because <laughs> I might squint. Are you looking for, this is from Jay Siraj. Are you looking to experiment with different tourney formats such as the Zurich Classic on the PGA Tour? Good question. Always. Hopefully you would agree with my history that we are. I mean, when we, uh, when we decided to launch the UL International Crown, a lot of people asked us, why don't you just launch a President's Cup or something like that? And I said, you know, if you know our tour and where we are in women's golf, we need something different that golf has never seen. So we introduced eight countries, 32 players, a qualification system. We like bringing new to the golf. We, you and I just talked about what could happen at Kapalua as early as 2018, right. something that the fans haven't seen before. So in the end, as you know, and you've heard me say before, I follow the check writer. I want to deliver an event that makes sure the check writer is really happy. We're back again and again. But whether it was the Founders Cup and we introduced a tournament without a purse, or UL Crown, we introduced eight countries, or PGA playing together, we're open to any new format that's going to create more interest, more excitement, not only for the fans, but for our players as well. One more before I let you go. I think if I put out a poll question on Twitter and, and ask people the, the biggest uh, question maybe that they would have for you or about the LPGA Tour, I don't know this, but I would guess that it would be how can we get the Americans to win more. Now, I know that this is a global tour, sure. uh, but it's also about ratings and fans and sponsors. How important do you think it is for the tour to get the Americans to win more? Well, it's, it's a question I get in almost every airport, so it's <laughs> not, that, not that surprising. But um, it's really funny how cyclical the game is. In 2014, I was in a meeting over in Asia with a bunch of our Asian TV partners, and they were complaining because the Americans were winning too much, and there weren't enough Asians winning events, and so they, the ratings were being deflated. This was two years ago, you know, 24 months ago. And now if you jump forward, you know, two years later, people say, well, we only had two American winners last year on tour. What I know about the women's game is if you don't like the way it is, sit tight. It's going to change because things do come in waves. The other thing I would tell you, we were just talking about ratings. So our average viewership rating last year in America 
was up 12%. And the, and the number of unique viewers watching us went up 40%. So that was in a year when we only had two American winners. So I think if that would have happened back in 2009, 2010, only two winners, you probably would have seen a real dip in ratings. But it shows you what's changed. People think of Lydia Ko or Brooke Henderson or Suzanne Pedersen. They all are considered just players on the tour. And I think that's changed versus five or six years ago. So could we have more American winners? Sure. Will we? I'll almost guarantee it. Um, but I would tell you is it's not as critically important as it once was. What we're finding is our ratings, our average viewership, and certainly our coverage is going up each year. And last year was a great example. If you think last year was a tough American winning year, and yet we had those kind of results on TV, then five or six more American wins could really be who knows how high is up. After that question, I may get a tweet from Brittany Lang, who won the U.S. Women's Open, or the players who competed for the Americans in the U.S. International or in the International Crown. So I'll we'll get a tweet from Brittany, regardless. On <laughs> no where matter. Was your tie or or Lensikim <laughs> or Pressel, any of them. Mike Juan, always great to have you in studio, and we're looking forward to kicking off the 2017 campaign. Thanks for having me. See you in the Bahamas. All right, can't wait. Jordan Spieth and Smiley Kaufman—they had their share of problems in the surf. Now the PGA Tour champions turns to Hawaii for its official start to the season. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.